Today, documentary films are experiencing a major renaissance, and for good reason. But why are audiences increasingly choosing fact over fiction? Is it a dearth of realism, like endless comic book sequels and end-of-the-world action movies? Are viewers choosing authentic storytelling over spectacular visuals and far-fetched plots? Or maybe it's because docs f***ing rule. Hi, I'm Paco Romain. And I'm George Chen. And we host SupDoc. We didn't go to film school. We're just two comedians that dork out on docs. And since 2015, we've been recapping amazing documentaries with comedians, actors, and filmmakers like legendary comedians Dana Gould and Todd Glass. Musicians like Yacht and Dan Deacon. And even media stars like Jesse Thorne and Francesca Fiorentini. The AV Club called us enlightening, and Boing Boing said SupDoc is a great idea for a podcast. So find us wherever you get your podcasts or join us at SupDocPodcast.com. And follow us on social media at Subdoc Podcast. Great. Hello, you're listening to the Escapist Comics Podcast. I'm Jacob Rubin. I'm Jessica Baldoni. And this is and our we're... first. <laughs> There's going to be some hiccups, guys. This is our first road episode. This is the first one we've done where we're not directly looking at each other. <laughs> yeah, we're recording from our houses because that's what we're supposed to do. Yeah. Record from our houses. And uh, yeah, so he, we can't look at each other. I guess we could have Skyped and did it, but I didn't know how to do that because I'm not yeah, we, technologically advanced. <laughs> right. We could have like Zoomed it or something, but I like the... I mean, I've used Zencaster before for my very popular Riverdale podcast, uh, Pep Talk. Oh, Riverdale yeah. Um, and it, it was, if you go back and listen to those old episodes, it was a bit of a rocky start before we sort of figured out how to not talk over each other. Right. And, and like, yeah, me that. and Jesse use this. Yeah. We use this all the time for our interviews. It worked out just fine right. when people actually wore headphones, even though. So, like, that... We would always tell people to use headphones and we'd be like, so are you wearing headphones? And they'd be like, yes. And then we'd listen back to the recording and it'd be all this echo and I'd be like, they weren't wearing headphones. Yeah. So as long as we, you know, actually do what we say we're going to do, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. <laughs> it's, all, it's all fine. Everything is fine. That's my mantra right now. Everything is fine. <laughs> we're all going to be okay. You know, there, there's uh, oh, so, yeah. They're saying that we have to go out wearing masks now. Like they say that like you definitely yes. have to wear a mask when you go anywhere. Um, and mm -hmm. I was like stoked until I found out that it had to be like a medical mask and not like Spider-Man. <laughs> oh, not a fashion mask, which everyone have, loves right now. I have plenty of those. I have so many yeah. superhero masks, but you have, to, <laughs> you have to be able to see your eyes and like your head. Uh -huh. Yeah. So right. whatever. So oh, you I'm meant like a full face mask. Right, yeah. right, right. Uh, yeah. I thought you just meant, because everyone has, like, those fashion masks now that don't actually protect you unless they have the filters in. And, like, I saw these, uh, when I was at the store the other day, uh, these two girls were, like, jogging next to each other, and they had, like, matching masks that, like, went with their jogging outfits. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I just wanted to throw something at them. Uh. <laughs> It's like I never yeah. read it. Did you read that um that Brian K. Vaughn, Marcos Martin comic, uh Private Eye? Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that that's takes place in a world where like everyone wears masks and has like secret identities and whatnot, right? Yeah. So this is like that. Right, yeah. <laughs> we could make superhero masks that are medically like I can't even think of the word involved. No, that's not right. But we could make superhero masks that would have filters and we could just start walking around like that. Yeah, definitely. And everyone could just be superheroes. I think that would be super cool. And we could just live in a fantasy land where everything is okay. Yeah. Speaking of everything's okay, uh, if you walk by the store, I'm not encouraging anybody to go out, but if you live in, our, in the store's neighborhood, uh, we have Meggie's little comic. And it, it's going to be okay. It's all in the window. It's a very eye-catching window right now. Mm -hmm. um, and, she, yeah, it's a little anxiety comic book. It's very apt for what's going on right now. Yeah. And if you want to order something from the store, order that. Yeah. <laughs> it's very it's, helpful. It's what, like five bucks? <laughs> yeah, it's like five bucks. It's a little zine um, coloring book thing. Uh, you know, or whenever you order anything, uh, we will throw it in for only yeah. five more dollars. 
Uh, exactly. Yeah. And it's cute. <laughs> For I, some of the... I think it was the last oh, day I actually saying... went in the store, I read it. Yeah, for some of the really big orders, I've just been like tossing them into like people who've been spending like a ton of money. I'm just like, here, you can have this because it's, it's very helpful. <laughs> and uh, also, yeah, I just wanted to thank everybody who actually has been spending a lot of money and, you know, keeping up with their orders every week. Uh, we have some regular customers that have been doing that. And that's been very helpful. Um, I made our first like video yesterday for the store that I put up on Instagram. Oh, nice. uh, that was a mess. Yeah, sort of. I recorded it in my backyard. I'm like, it'll be nice because the lighting will be nice outside instead of in my very dark house. And it was just like super bright. It was really windy. So like my camera is like incredibly shaky. I should have put on a lot more makeup. That was a mistake. Um, so live, live and learn. Um, I need to get like a, a more filters for my phone. I don't know, something. Anyways, yeah, do it all through, the, through the, the Facebook dragon filter. Every time you open your mouth, flames come out. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Or the one it's like a romantic filter. And every time you open your mouth, a rose falls in. And then when you open your mouth, yeah. it falls out. Yeah. No, like, like, like you're I'm holding it throwing... your teeth. Like a tango. Like a, oh, not, not like... that I'm just like throwing up flowers. <laughs> 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 just vomiting petals every time you talk. That, that sounds appetizing. Maybe. I don't is know. Like, Some people are really like into that. Is that like when poison ivy gets food poisoning? Yes. It's exactly <laughs> like that. She's like vomiting venomous roses. <laughs> That'd be cool. That'd be a good episode of like the animated series. Oh, yeah. For sure. And Batman has to like, how do I cure the poison of someone who is poison? <laughs> through more poison more poison just lots and lots of more poison yeah just eat, eat a lot of bananas and toast you'll be fine <laughs> is that a new cure-all oh, like, that's all i gonna... have in my house you were, bra... you were never on the brat diet no For when you have like an upset stomach it's brat bananas rice applesauce and toast that's like if you're throwing up or whatever ew i thought you just drank soup no like broth, like really boring broth. I don't. Uh, no, maybe Pedialyte. Oh yeah, Pedialyte. <laughs> yeah, if I'm throwing up. That's the last thing I want is like bananas and toast. But applesauce. And applesauce. And rice. Yeah, applesauce and rice maybe is okay. I don't know, yeah. but all of that sounds gross to me right now. Uh, so we actually have been reading some comics because we had some time on our yep. hands, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, sort of. Actually, I've been I've been doing hell of shit. <laughs> I'm walking everywhere right now and exposing everyone to the coronavirus. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I, I mean, I've no, been, just... I've been uh, of things that we're selling. Uh, I've been putting a lot more stuff up on uh, our eBay store. Mm -hmm. um, so most recently I put up some uh, um, like silver and bronze age, fantastic four and silver and bronze age Spider-Man. And I've got nice. some, I'm going to put up some Hawk, some, excuse me, Hawkman, Batman and doom patrol this week. Awesome. I actually I have a whole box of very expensive comics for you to put up this week, too. Okay, great. So, Drop yeah. them by the People door. Are excited. We'll, we'll wait 48 hours, because yes. that's how long it takes for the virus to leave <laughs> paper and cardboard, and then I'll pick them up. Right. Right. Um, yeah, I actually, that was part of the video yesterday. I showed a bunch of people the comics, and everyone was like, oh, where are those comics? What are you doing with them? Can I buy them now? And I was like, well, no, they're in my house. But... <laughs> <laughs> Eventually, yes. <laughs> um, yeah, so yeah, we are posting a lot more on eBay. I'm going to start like an Instagram live thing where I show people comics, I guess. So I'm very frightened of that. <laughs> I've just sort of made a whole studio in my house, maybe. Nice. We'll figure it out. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then we started getting comics from a publisher called TKO. Um, who've been doing some amazing things for comic retailers. Um, basically, every time you buy something from TKO, they donate half the profits to a comic retailer of your choice, oh. which is pretty fucking awesome. Yeah. Um, so I saw that, and I was like, why don't we have their comics yet? This is silly. Basically, we didn't because they didn't distribute through Diamond. You could just buy them direct from them. 
Um, and since we can't get any comics from Diamond, I was like, well, we should obviously buy their comics. This is silly. Yeah, they're the only um, game in so town right now. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so they're oversized comics. Um, even the, the graphic novels are oversized. Their single issues are oversized. I don't know how I feel about the oversized single issues. It's going to be tricky uh, for collectors because they'll have to. Yeah. We don't have bags and boards to support this height. Exactly. Yeah. Do they do they make their own bags and boards just for their comics? Like the only thing they so they ship their comics in like a case basically they come in their own little case but while i think that's cool i still want to put my comics in bags and boards to protect them you know yeah so i don't know and i i understand why they do it because they don't want to like print the comics and the graphic novels like separately size wise but i think they should make their own bags and boards just for their comics then because it's kind of annoying yeah. just my gripe but that's my only issue with that it's very particular. Comic yeah, people are particular, with, though. I feel like they, they sort of want to deviate from the norm, which I totally respect, but it means that you have to, like, establish a bunch of infrastructure. Like, um, mm-hmm. do you know that uh, prior to – this is this is a 100% true story – that um, Jim Davis is responsible for a new type of bookshelf being invented? No. Garfield guy, yeah. So prior yeah. to uh, – so comics, comic strips have always been, like, printed in, like, collections. Um, but they, prior to Jim Davis and Garfield, they were always printed where a four-panel comic would be like, uh, you'd read it, you know, two panels on top, two panels below, instead of right. straight across like they'd be in the newspaper. And Jim Davis is like, well, my comics are three panels, and also I don't want them to be in this different format. So I'm going to make these books that are going to be long-wise, like the way we have Garfield in the store right now, and also make a bookshelf so that you will have to carry them. And now that's the standard. Whoa. Yeah. That's crazy. Huh. Well, so that makes, like that. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Except, yeah, uh, definitely. We'll see if these guys are the new Garfield. I feel like they will. <laughs> yeah, especially after this, I feel a lot more people are going to carry them too. Cause, um, I mean, that's just a huge thing to do for comic stores. That's super cool. Yeah. Um, so you read, we both read separate books, right? Mm-hmm. This week from them um i read sentient and you read the fang fearsome dr fang fearsome dr fang yeah um which i think is actually written by the owner of tko oh uh say chun or mike weiss yeah say chun is the i believe he is the owner of tko started tko nice yeah um and sentient was written by jeff lemire and gabriel walta um who, do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? Uh, you go first, because Sentient, I feel like, is, like, if I'm not mistaken, kind of their flagship book right now. Yeah, people are super into it, and there's a good reason for it. Um, so, I mean, Jeff Lemire is one of the best writers in comics, without a doubt, right now. Um, and he's also writing a million comics. And he's, like, one of those guys, like, how are you writing all of these books? Like, you know, and like Remender all- was for a while, and... And they're all, like, super different, and, like, it's, like, he doesn't want to, I feel like a lot of writers want to, like, make a universe and stay in that universe and just keep telling stories, and he's, like, no, all my books are completely disconnected. Except they're all sad. Yeah. Jeff Lemire writes a lot of sad books. I mean, Ascender Um, and Defender are the same world, I'd imagine. Yes, yeah, yeah. But everything Um, else is, Yeah, everything else is very different. Yeah, because he can write, um, like, sci-fi and then he writes like um you know kind of more realistic books and uh fantasy and pretty much everything but this is back in his like sci-fi world which i love um and it's basically it starts kind of i mean it's kind of like in a distant future like 20 i believe it's like 2100 ish and there's like a separatist colony um the big war on earth. And now there's colonists in a ship that have taken off, um, to find new worlds somewhere else because earth is just kind of like fried at this point. And a very terrible thing happens on the ship. And basically these children, um, are being raised by an AI ship at this point. Oh God. Um, yeah. (laughs) And it's, 
it's very heartwarming. It's very heartwarming AI. <laughs> it's not a bad AI, but the children have to learn from the AI and the AI has to learn from the children. And it kind of goes from there. And I don't want to like ruin or spoil anything. Um, but it's pretty, it's pretty amazing. And it's six issues in this book. I read it in like an hour, I think, maybe an hour and 20 minutes. Because uh, I could not put it down. And like, it takes me, I mean, I've read, you know, I've read so many comics and it, you have to like really drive, drag me into a story to make me not put something down. Like even for like a little bit of a break, like I just sped through this book Mm. Uh, because it's that, it is that good. And Gabriel Walta, um, he drew the vision with Tom King. Oh, Uh, okay, cool. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. And his art is just perfect for this. And he, I believe he also does the colors as well. He did the colors for the, yeah, he does the colors for the vision too. Uh, it's moody. It's dark. Uh, everything is just gorgeous in this book. Um, but yeah, be, be prepared for a couple like tear jerking moments too. That's for sure. Um, kind of like he does with Sweet Tooth where you're just like, with children, where you're just like, holy shit. <laughs> like, I can't believe he just did that, you know? Um, so yeah, two giant thumbs up. Uh, we bought, I bought the most of this book for our TKO order because I knew, um, I just had a good feeling about it. A lot of people had asked me to get this book. Um, so yeah, definitely get this one. Sweet. I'm glad this is the other one that I borrowed so I can, like, read it. I'm flipping through it. I'm, like, glancing at it right now, and, like, the art is gorgeous. And, like, the universe seems so, like, realized. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. Uh, So I picked out um, The Fearsome Dr. Fang. uh, Because I I, I looked, you know, we ordered, what, like, eight different titles from these guys? Yeah, we ordered all of the titles. Yeah. Uh, And this one was the one that, I mean, the title is just so dope. Um, and yeah. the cover art was really exciting and it was a genre that I feel like I don't see as much in comics. It's a turn of the 20th century adventure story, uh, kind of mm-hmm. Indian, like, like sort of like Indiana Jones, but more urban. Basically it's about this, these cop brothers, uh, who are in pursuit of this villain called the fearsome Dr. Fang, who has all these like fabled powers and everything. Um, and in pursuit of him, uh, there's like a, it's a detective and like a beat cop. The detective dies trying to find Dr. Fang. Um, or trying to st- he's killed by Dr. Fang. So then uh, his brother, two years later, uh, is on the case for it. He ends up allying himself with this uh, treasure hunter lady. And then they find Dr. Fang. And I'm not spoiling anything. This is what it literally says on the back of the book. Uh, it turns out Dr. Fang's not a bad guy. He impersonates, he p- pretends to be a villain, to be intimidating. And what he's actually doing is collecting treasures to keep them out of the hands of really dangerous people. Um. So then it's the three of them, Dr. Fang and the beat cop and the treasure hunter lady who have to team up to face this other organization that successfully gets, because they're all screwing around trying to take this thing from each other instead of realizing they all need to work together. The bad guys get it. And the bad guys have the guy's brother that he thought was dead. Um, what, is, what does that sound like? I feel like that sounds like another movie. I mean, Probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> I get a lot of um, big trouble in Little China vibes. Yeah, uh-huh. uh, and like, and as, and as I said, Indiana Jones, like, because it's right. treasure hunting and everything. Um, the art is uh, really cool and like pulpy, but also modern. Like the char- like the characters are such like solid archetypes, but it doesn't really feel they don't really feel like cliches. Um, I'm only halfway through it, but yeah, it, it's neat and. Uh, fun and they there's you know some real world history in there they talk a lot about Kublai Khan uh yeah what year does it take place again 1904 in San Francisco oh okay so it's super early yeah I was thinking like Jewel of the Nile or like Romancing the Stone but that's not that's later that's later yeah (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah, I I thought it said so the first page it says 1904 but the the uh typeface is kind of odd so i thought it said 1994 and i was like oh dope like when i was alive <laughs> um, and then i turned the page and they're dre- and the, the clothes are like are they like attacking like a like a old-timey historical reenactment convention what's why are the cops dressed like and then i went back oh that's a zero not a nine 
why do you put that it's under the funny. I recently, well, sort of reconnected. Now I'm just like Facebook friends with this, this girl I went to high school with. And she literally goes to all of these like balls, like where she dresses in like Victorian clothing, like every, well, not now, but like every week, like she goes to like a grand Victorian ball. Yeah. <laughs> is, that not, is, that, is, that, is that not strange? I don't know. Anyway, sorry. That was a weird interlude. But just because yeah, you're like... Well, like, people love that shit. People, like, did you ever watch uh, that Penn and Teller show, Bullshit? Oh, yeah. Actually, I've been re-watching that right now. Oh, great. It's so good. Um, yeah, and they did an episode about nostalgia that's like, um, and they interview people who love the 1950s and... I think it was like 1950s and Renaissance, and there was another one. I don't remember what the other one was. And these people talk about why they love these time periods. And then Penn and Teller are like, oh, you mean when we had racism? And, and like, <laughs> like, like institutionalized, mandatory racism. And, uh, oh, the Renaissance, you mean when we had no way of knowing where diseases were coming from? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just like the clothes of the 50s. I don't like yeah. anything else. <laughs> but, yes, I understand everything they're talking about that. Yeah. Oh, it was the 80s. It was the 80s. That was the other, that was the other time. Oh. And they were just like, yeah. <laughs> the Penn and Teller weren't as nice. They were just like, the music was shitty. Next. Aw, I love the music in the 80s. They suck. <laughs> you have to remember that Next. Penn and Teller are libertarians and therefore don't really give a shit about other people. That's true. They're not really good people either. No, but they are very entertaining. <laughs> they are. It's true. Um, yeah. But yeah, Dr. Fang is dope. Uh, sentient. And did you, uh, and they put out a bunch of other ones, some that are a bit more grounded. Like we picked fantastical ones, but. Yeah. Um, I have another one behind me by Garth Ennis too, called Sarah. Um, and that one is like a war story basically. Yeah. Um, and the art was by Steve Epting, and it is absolutely fantastic. Also, oh, probably more because of Steve Epting, like Brubaker's buddy. Yes, exactly. Velvet. Okay, cool. It's like the art is literally looks like it's from Velvet. Uh, mostly probably because of yes, it's mostly probably because of the coloring. Honestly, because it's uh, Betty who does the color, which she has her own issues, and we don't, we don't really need to get into it. Uh, Betty Brettweiser. Maybe we will get into it. So Betty Brettweiser was Ed Brubaker's colorist for the longest time. Mm -hmm. And whatever she touches basically looks like the best comic on the planet. Cool. But unfortunately, uh, her political views are very poor. Oh. And her husband is even worse. Her husband is a total piece of trash. Is her husband uh, even so, No. No, he's... Not as well. He probably is just as bad as he's this guy. <laughs> no, he is a comic. <laughs> he is a comic book writer and artist, but he is yeah. He's one of those comic skate people. Uh -huh. um, and so she's yeah. And so she supported her husband. And well, I don't know. There's a bunch of trash. And pretty much, like we don't know this as a fact, but pretty much right after that, Ed Brubaker never used her again. Oh. And now his comics don't look as good. Unfortunately, not that they're not good. They're just not as pretty, you know, because she yeah. literally is one of the best colors. Anyways, she colored this comic and it looks amazing. <laughs> it's very, very unfortunate. Because <laughs> um, Epting, Epting just did something else for Marvel. And I was, I was like, literally, I have them like side by side. And I'm just like, they look like two completely different comics. Hmm. Like, can't even compare them. So it really tells you how much of a difference the colorist makes. Uh, so there you go. Anyways, that's my little thing on that. I, I'm looking forward to reading this. I hope that Ennis uh, can hold up. I just think his later work has just not been as good. You know? Yeah. Like the 90s, 90s and early 2000s were like his time. <laughs> yeah, like The Boys has been over for a couple of years now, right? Yeah, it's coming back though. Oh, the, oh, probably because the show, like, yeah. even people, Revamped I know so many it. people who don't give a shit about any superhero media, and they were asking me about the boys. They love the boys. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
And I was like, you don't want to read that comic. Watch the show. Yeah. <laughs> I literally tell people that. <laughs> <laughs> and I have to sell comics. I'm like, read this comic instead. Uh, I also read this week, because um, I had some time, X-Ray Robot by Mike Allred. Uh, this comic is amazing. I am very sad that we will only have a number one for a very long time because I really want to read more of it. Um, this is like basically like Mike Allred back to like Mike Allred craziness, you know, of like X Force. Yeah, Madman and like uh, I was almost said X Force. That's not right. Ecstatics time. Well, it was X Force, but yeah. Oh yeah, it was X Force. God damn it. <laughs> um, anyways, yeah, it's like that. But so it's basically. Uh, a guy is, or a scientist is engineering this like crazy robot who's going to go into interdimensional time travel. And to do that, he has to connect his own brain into the robot so he can like see where the robot is going. Okay. And of course, that doesn't go very well. Of course. <laughs> of course. Every time I try to uh, do so that, does... really bad. <laughs> I know. I think that's why my brain is so messed up besides all the concussions. Uh, so, so he connects to the robot the first time the robot like blips out of reality for like a couple seconds and it comes back and the guy's like, all like I'm not sure what happened. And then, you know, he goes home at night. He starts having like really weird dreams. Uh, he goes back. He's like, Oh, I think we need to make the suit a little bit different. And they puts it on again. And then he zaps out of space. And then literally his whole body just like goes away and it's just like his brain floating around in the room. Cool. It's I really totally cool. I can already drawing that. Exactly. It looks amazing. Um, and then it gets like super cool and super psychedelic. And uh, it's just, yeah, of course you can imagine Mike Allard's crazy like outer body experiences like where he's just drawing like rainbows and brains and it's just like, Fucking all over the page, everywhere. Sick. It's really, really cool. Uh, this comic is so much fun to read, and then it like pretty much ends like that, uh, where his brain is elsewhere, the robots on the other side, and they pretty much like split his personality, and he's like half in the robot and half in his own body, and the Ooh. robot comes to life. And I'm like, no, I wanna. What happens? <laughs> where is it gonna go? So uh, I highly recommend this comic, but the only problem is we don't know when we're going to get more. So there is yeah. that. But you can read it and put it on your saver list, and eventually we will get it. We'll definitely eventually. get it. We'll Who's definitely get it. Who would you say, Image? Dark Horse. Dark Horse. Oh, yeah, he likes Dark Horse. Yeah. He does like Dark Horse. Uh, Dark Horse has actually been putting out quite a few really good comics. I think they're going to make a comeback. Nice. Um, also, they're putting out this cool one called Spy Island, which I'm excited about. Um, that was supposed to come out actually this month, but uh, that didn't happen either. Mm. I also read Spider Woman number one. <laughs> Got oh, this sweet Bruce Tim cover. Jessica Drew. Well, that yeah, that Jessica just... Drew Spider Woman. Cool. Yes. Mm-hmm. And well. I don't know what to say about this comic. So, I mean, it was fun. Spider-Woman can be... I, I always have, like, hot and cold feelings with Spider-Woman. I loved her when I was a kid because her name was Jessica. <laughs> you know? And I was like, oh, there's a superhero with my name. So, of course, I read it when I was a kid. And I don't know. You know, she's 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 just gone so many places. I liked her when she was a detective. I thought that was cool. Um, well, she was supposed so to be alien, in the, right? Yeah, originally. Yeah. Uh, I hated what they did with her, with her like weird pregnancy a, a couple of years ago. I thought that was stupid. Um, and yeah, so this, she's like on a party boat and protecting some like sweet 16-year-old who uh, is in a wheelchair and her dad is like some super rich guy i don't know like uh bill gates or something like that but like shitty i don't know is bill gates shitty he's kind of a philanthropist right 
Well, he's like <laughs> he's like the good billionaire, but he's still a billionaire. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. He's giving a lot of money to help us right now. I don't know how I feel. Mixed. I have mixed feelings about Bill Gates. That's legit. Anyways. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, basically, she's this, like, big crew of guys in a helicopter trying to, like, kidnap this dot, the girl that she's protecting. So, it's like this, like, giant fight. And, oh, by the way, this comic is five ninety nine. So, it's. Five ninety nine worth of I don't know how many pages. Maybe it's forty pages, forty eight pages. I think it's forty eight pages of Jessica Drew fighting bad guys on a cruise ship or a yacht. Not a cruise ship. Cruise ship would be extreme. On a yacht. Yeah, that's, that's too many guys. Uh, too many guys. Oh, and she feels really sick too. That's the other thing. She feels kind of sick, and she's like the whole time saying how nauseous she is. And I'm like, oh god, is she pregnant again? Ugh. And she's just like, I feel sick, but I had to fight all these bad guys. So she's literally fighting all these bad guys for like 30 pages. And I'm like, oh, this is boring. When is something else going to happen? And then finally she kills all the bad, or, you know, puts them all in the ocean. She uh, puts a helicopter underneath the water. And then they're like, oh, Jessica, are you okay? You look kind of sick. And then she like throws up all this green slime. Oh. For some reason. Not pregnant. Yeah. Not pregnant. Uh, and then there's like a, and then she like faints and they ask if she's okay. And there's like a green spider of like bubbly slime on the floor. And it says, Jessica, do you need a doctor? And she's like, no, I need a nurse. And they're like, next up, night nurse. We'll see you soon. And I'm like, ugh, okay. <laughs> so that was Spider Woman number one. Oh, and then there's like kind of a backup story, which has better art, by the way. The art was not great in this. Uh, and the backup story has better art. They talk about, like, she's in Strike Force, which is another comic. Ugh. I don't want to read another comic about <laughs> this. <laughs> and who's in Strike Force, anyways? Oh, it's like uh, Bucky, Blade, Angela, and. Somebody I can't. Oh, Doc, what, Doctor Doom. Why the fuck is Doctor Doom in Strike Force? I don't know. On like don't. a hero team. I guess so. That's definitely Doctor Doom. Oh, maybe they're fighting Doom bots. Never mind. They're fighting them. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's and then and then Jessica Drew. What Blade? Ugh. Okay. Anyways, so yeah, I think we're overdue for a new good Blade something or other. Well. They're putting Blade in everything right now because of the new Blade movie they're making. Oh. Yeah, with Marshala Ali, which is a good casting choice. That's a great casting choice. Mm-hmm. It's going to be weird seeing him in a Marvel movie, though, I think. He's very serious. Marshala Ali, uh, yeah. 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 That could be dope. I mean, he is really good, and he does look more like... Like, if I think of how Blade looked in the comics, I feel like Marshala Ali is closer to... Blade. Then, then, uh, yeah. yeah, then Wesley Snipes. Wesley Snipes. Yeah, I agree. Anyways, to get through this, uh, the whole backup story is basically how she got her new costume, and then somebody was tracking her in her new costume. We don't know who. It's a mystery. I don't know. Bum, I'm not bum, sticking uh... with this comic. It was boring. <laughs> yacht? Why are we on a yacht? Okay, anyways, they could have thought of something better. Uh, so those are the comics I read. <laughs> Nice. Besides, yeah. Uh, I read a very old comic. Oh, yeah. Uh, Oh, what did you read? So while we were doing, um, like, while I've been listing stuff on eBay, I I posted a bunch of Green Lantern recently. So if you like Green Lantern, you should check that out. Um, And I read the first appearance of Black Hand. Do you know Black Hand's, like, deal in his first appearance? The, uh, I read that, but I don't remember. What was it? It was confusing, and we, like he was the son. Oh no, he he's the yeah he's the member of the Hand family who are all like these incredibly successful, famous people. But he was kind of the black sheep, right. so he went by the, mm-hmm. the code name Black Hand because his real last name is Hand, and he's the black sheep, so he's the Black Hand. <laughs> that's right. That's, that's not a joke. Literally. Um, no, I know. <laughs> he brings up regularly that he's really into cliches, and he sort of uses cliches to like determine what kind of crimes he commits. 
And then he invents Ooh. a device that allows him to like suck away Green Lantern's power by cutting him in half. Like so the cover of the first Black Hand issue, you see Green Lantern, but half of him is missing, and Black Hand is holding this device that has the other half like on this little screen. And it's never really uh-huh. explained how this works. Oh, he he made it work by going to different places where Green Lantern had fought people and like sucking up the leftover ring radiation. Um, of course. And, right. Then he uses this to, to <laughs> suck Green Lantern into this like alternate dark dimension and then force him to work for him. He's like, if you don't continue, if you don't do what I want, then I'm going to make all of you disappear. And Green Lantern's like, I have no choice but to obey you. And, and Green Lantern's like, wait a minute. If I just use my ring to make an illusory half of me, then I can confuse him and make him think that his device isn't working and that I can break the device and get my real half back. And that's exactly what happens. And then he just picks up Black Hand, takes him away. Black Hand has no powers no defined interest or like he's not he's not even like a super scientist who like has like uh. a thing like a gimmick he just sort of like well the story needs me to make this so i guess i'll make it <laughs> okay recently Kirk, <laughs> one of my absolute faves went on this twitter tear about how gardner fox was never a good writer and he just was like in the <gasps> right place at the right time yeah and all How these, dare he? Right. And all these people are like, what are you talking about? Gardner Fox is great. And Stanley's like, uh, not Stanley, Kurt Busiek, excuse me. Kurt Busiek's like, read a Gardner Fox comic and think of it if you, as an adult who is like trying to get into comics. And there's very few Gardner Fox stories where you're like, this is really good. And more like, oh, so he's just like through a bunch of bullshit. And then some, not deus ex machina, but like, expli- like okay, Green Lantern has a new power that means that he can solve this problem that has never been mentioned before, but he knew about the whole time. But Gardner Fox wrote so many comics. Like, he so wrote, many comics. Yes, a gigantic volume. And of course, the cream rises to the top, and that's what we think about. Like, Crisis on Two Earths is uh-huh. dope. And uh, uh-huh. some, and like, you know, a, a smattering of those like early um, Justice League of America stories are dope. But like, so many of these characters um, were just like had really good costume designs, and that's the only reason we remember them. <laughs> oh, I don't know. What about all those Hawk Hawkman stories? I think those are pretty cool. I haven't read those. No, Hawkman is okay. Well, there you go. And I haven't really read them all either, <laughs> but they're fun to look at. <laughs> I, I, I have a big I have a fast track. That's what I'm about to list. Maybe I'll flip through as I'm listing. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they look good. <laughs> I definitely flipped through them as well. I've read some of them. I think they're fun. Um, yeah. Uh, there is some news, kind of. I don't okay. know. The news sites are very slim pickings right now, which I'm like, come on, guys. Like, you're not dooming anything else. Like, there's got to be, like, something out there. I mean, I know, like, the comic movies aren't coming out right now, but there's there's so much TV. Like you could literally just like sit and watch a million comic shows or movies and then write an article, right? Yeah, I feel like. You could. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> well, I have been watching uh, X Men Evolution because it's on Disney Plus, uh-huh. and it's really really good. I forgot how good this show is. Is that the second series? Yes. Uh, so they had the, the 90s one, which, okay, I posted this on Twitter and I mentioned it in my trivia today. Or maybe I didn't mention this. I believe that X-Men Evolution is a superior series to X-Men the Animated Series. <gasps> I don't know. I haven't watched X-Men Evolution, so I can't, okay. I can't comment so, on that. I, just, I love the 90s one. Yeah, and like the 90s had... The, the thing with the, about the 90s show is that they were like, we're going to redo, we're going to adapt stories from the comics. We're going to bring in as many characters as we can. We're going to put them in their comic-accurate costumes. Um, we're going to bring in Captain America. We're going to bring it. And, and so that, like, nostalgia pop, like, I went back and watched the first Morlocks episode. And, like, they right. really, really tried to be like, we're not going to put a funky, different spin on this. We're just going to take the character designs, wrap them around the molds that we have to make them fit in this style. But we're not going to change anything. Um, and that's cool. Right what X-Men Evolution did was they were like, well, no, let's actually tweak it a bit. So they had, they gave the X-Men secret identities full stop for one, because they have them go to a public high school. 
Um, uh-huh. They get public high school during the day, and then in the evening they like train the academy. So they're doing. They both get to like be normal teenagers with normal friends, and also learn how to use their powers and everything. Um, uh, and it's got you know, and they they slow they don't feel the need in the way that X-Men the Animated Series did to, like, hit you with lots and lots of characters. They're like, no, we have our cast, and we're going to sprinkle them in, but we'll introduce them slowly. Like, the first few episodes, the first episode is bring Nightcrawler into the team, then Shadowcat, then Rogue, then every episode introduces one villain, and then that's your cast at the end of season one. Uh, And, yeah, it's, I don't know, I like it. They bring in Beast in season two, I, I kind of skip season one because like it it takes a little while. Um, no, it's it's that the character designs are really cool. Um, they, they have some really good low stakes stories. One time, the the crisis is someone's stolen the money from the high school carnival fundraiser, and everyone's trying to get it. So it doesn't have to be like. <laughs> but then then two weeks later, it's like asteroid M is about to crash into Earth. What are you going to do? You know, so you can do both. Yeah. Right. So they're they're high school students though, right? Yeah. Like so in, uh yeah, um okay. Wolverine and Storm are uh Wolverine, Storm, and Xavier are teachers at the institute, so they're like older. But then Cyclops, uh-huh. Gene, Nightcrawler, Shadowcat, and Rogue are like high school age. And so they go to right. high school. Why are and, they in public high school? Um, they don't really establish, they don't really say like why. They just well, because the Xavier Institute only has three teachers and these they have to get like a regular education. Um I feel so, like Xavier is smart enough, right, to teach all of them. Is he just really busy? Yeah, <laughs> like, th- there's I mean, <laughs> a handful of episodes I've seen. Juggernaut is in a lot of it. Uh, and mm-hmm. he's, like, trying to find more mutants. Uh, I don't know. I think that one thing that an approach that Xavier does in this show that he's never done anywhere else is, like, what if I trained my kids to be mutants, but didn't make them feel like I was forced like that's isn't that a thing in the comics that Cyclops is like you were just training us to be like a military force you didn't let us be normal kids yeah also in the movies I believe yeah oh speaking of movies yes I haven't gotten to talk about this yet sorry I'm gonna interrupt I watched Dark Phoenix the other day how was that I haven't it was fucking terrible yeah and then my dad watched it, and he's like, oh, I really liked it. And I was like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> is age getting to you? My dad is a very, very, like, very high-ranking, especially in my mind, of, like, film. And, you know, he's usually very good about But, like, as he's gotten older, like, action movies, he's just like, yeah, I don't know what the critics were talking about. I really liked that movie. And I'm like, what is going on? Like, you just watched, like, five Fast and the Furious movies, and you liked all of them? Like, what's wrong with you, Dad? Uh, sorry. I had to get that off my chest. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I, I remember that, like, Days of Future Past was so good that we were like, X-Men are back, man. This is it. Hot streak. And then Apocalypse was, I think, the very next one. <sighs> It was like, yeah, I was like okay, why did this suck so much? Oh, because Apocalypse isn't the most filmable of villains. I feel like he's right. his entire existence is so comic booky that you can't really make a movie. Yeah. And I was like, all right, but well, then, that they was, made, then they made another one. Then we have, but then also Thanos is kind of like, like Marvel made, you know, brought Thanos in, and you're like, well, if they could do that with Thanos, and like, why couldn't they do Apocalypse, right? You know, like, you should be able to do both, I think. It's well, just they couldn't make X-Men movies. I think it's because right. they built Thanos up over, like, a decade. Right. Because, like, Avengers came out in 2010, and Endgame came out last year. That's true, I guess. So we ha- and they should, and they Thanos included. did, like, almost nothing in Avengers. He was just a cameo, but then he did a little bit in Guardians, and then... Yeah. Yeah. Slowly, they spooled out Thanos. Um, True. And yeah, it, w- what we ended up with was like, Ugh. but but they don't have the time to do that. And and in the comics, you have that kind of time. You could do that. Um, but yeah. movies, it's like no, they got to if, if they're making X Men movies, they'd have to start planting apocalypse seeds. Like they'd have to start planting right. apocalypse seeds when like First Class came out. No, before. <laughs> before. Yeah. Oh God. Well, did you did you see Dark Phoenix or no? Okay, so you know in the previews they had that like the 
was it Jessica Chastain or whatever in like the white like costume she's like you know always in like Jean's ear do you remember that or you don't watch previews so you probably didn't see it no right? but wait, Jessica Chastain was in X-Men isn't, Jessica Chast- isn't that Jessica Chastain who's she playing uh, she's the bad guy I think it's Jessica Chastain I could be mixing her up is she white but queen? let me double check. no I wish that would have been awesome. Because that was January Jones. Uh, yeah, that was January Jones. No, she's because she never came back. Uh, I always yeah, it's Jessica Chastain. I was right. Okay, just making sure. Sometimes I mix her up with the other redhead from uh, you know Jurassic Park, Jurassic World. Uh, what's her name? Anyways, it doesn't matter. I was right. Nice the point is, <laughs> yes, I always mix them up. Do they look alike? Sort of. Oh, just moving on. Oh, the the Dabari who manipulate the Phoenix. Oh, so they do kind of do it like uh, freaking the original Dark Phoenix saga with Mastermind. Correct, but they never explain that. Oh, okay. Ever in the movie, it's so frustrating. So the whole time I'm watching it, and I was like, "Wait, is this the Dabari?" And I was like. It is kind of, are they going to do the asparagus people thing? And then they just like never tell you where they're from or what's, they like show the worlds like really quickly and how they're like destroying and eating the worlds and all of this stuff. But then they never explain it, like why that's happening. And they're just like, we just, we're just coming here to destroy your world. And it's like, huh? But why? And nope, they don't tell you why. Like you just have to know the comic basically. (laughs) <laughs> and that's it's so it's so bad and then there's other x-men in it like nightcrawlers in it and you know beast and everything but they don't ever get real like into those people at all like it's they're just all flat everyone's terrible sophie turner was totally cast wrong she was awful um yeah so all around her, but yeah she was really bad yeah. really really bad and she slips back and forth into her british accent like a million times <laughs> so especially when she gets angry don't make her angry <laughs> don't make you won't like her when she's angry god because she's gonna slip into a terrible british accent even though that's her natural accent it still sounds fake yeah she anyways that's my gripe like, with that she can't do she kind of like her American accent sounds British, you know, I can't, mm-hmm. I, I've, I've heard really good when uh, a really good impersonation of when British people can't do American accents. You know, the best example of that is uh, Andrew Garfield on Dr. Who before he was huge, before he was like <laughs> super famous. He was in a Dr. Who episode uh-huh. that took place in Manhattan in like the 1930s. And so it's Andrew Garfield yeah. doing an American accent for the first time. And it sounds, everything about it sounds wrong. also everyone else well scott summers like that i guess ty sheridan that's he's terrible too everyone's bad in that uh the girl who plays storm i think her name is alexandra ship that's correct i'm looking at the wikipedia right now for the movie okay who are these kids it's like they should have just kept the original cast because everyone is just really bad (laughs) and they didn't even give storm her mohawk which she had in uh apocalypse and they just like take it away and make her boring yeah like she was probably one of the worst like her um and who was it the not beast beast is okay um oh yeah nicholas holt uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nicholas Holt is awesome. Yeah, but like Storm and I would say uh, Scott Summers, they, they like they literally are just like side pieces to the story, and it's just very depressing. Wow. Or X Men. I can't. I can't wait till Marvel gets them back. Yeah. I um, like, in other. I'm of the opinion. I've said this. I've said this before. I don't know if I've said this on the show. I'm of the opinion that I sort of like the X Men existing in their own universe, separate from the main Marvel universe, because I think that a world that has mutants and a world that has superheroes. Um, you have so much more storytelling possibility if a person doesn't have to rationalize hating mutants but loving, like, Thor. You know what I mean? However... Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. However, I am excited to see what they do with it because 
across the board, law of averages, every Marvel movie is better than every uh, um, 20th Century Fox X-Men Fox movie. movie. And they've never made a good Fantastic Four movie, and they definitely could. So Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So let's go, is what I'm uh, saying. Let's see it. Let's do it. And speaking on that, uh, so just the other day, uh, there was a live stream of Thor Ragnarok, and Taika Waititi was on it. Yeah, they were like, like live commentary. You know, mm-hmm. And they were talking about Thor Love and Thunder, and they were asking him if Silver Surfer was going to make an appearance, because it's mm. like all going to be in space and stuff, too. And he said no. He just flat out was like, no, like get out of here. But he did say that there was going to be space sharks. Okay. Remember the space shark and Silver Surfer, which is super awesome. Um, and he said they're going to be like similar to like the Akanti or Asanti or whatever that is, uh, which are commonly enslaved by the Brood Empire mm. uh, for use as spaceships. And I was like, Ooh, the Brood, that's exciting. Oh, the big, <laughs> the big like living. They, I, I, they look more like whales yeah. to me, but like the, the, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, that's, yeah. I mean, that totally feeds right in line with what Taika Waititi has enjoyed doing with the Thor movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's dope. And um, also, did you know Christian... Yeah, it's really cool. Did you know Christian Bale is going to be in it as well? What? What? Exactly. I don't know. They didn't say, but he said it's Christian Bale's also going to be in the fourth Thor movie. Um, but he wouldn't say who he, he's going to be playing. But I thought that was very exciting. Uh, I also wish that I was uh, listening to that live or watching that live feed because that sounds very fun. Why do I always yeah. miss the fun thing? That sounds cool. <laughs> well, Ragnarok is so good. It's so good. Yeah, yeah that's definitely one of the best ones. Uh, also, in other news, do you know about the Jim Lee auctions? No. Okay. This is this is fun, nice, and then hilarious. Okay, so Jim Lee has been auctioning off these sketches that he's been doing and he's doing like live sketches online and they've been uh, donated them to Bink, which is a nonprofit dedicated to assisting booksellers in need and like booksellers like us. We're actually on like the Bink foundation. So maybe we'll get some of this money. Who knows? Nice. I heard Midtown got like one of the sketches and I was like, why does Midtown need money? Anyway, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's real though. No, okay. Totally real. Moving on. So <laughs> he had did like a Batman Red Rain sketch, you know, the Batman um, Dracula, which is fucking oh, awesome. Oh, yes. Cool. Uh, that was one of the highest uh, ones that sold for $17,300. Holy shit. Looking. Yeah. It's amazing. It's like gigantic. Um Raphael Albuquerque did like a guest sketch for them. And this isn't a sketch, by the way. This is like a watercolor art piece. And it's Mask of the Phantasm. And I think that one sold for like 10 grand. Uh, most of his sketches are selling between like 3000 to $10,000. It's nuts. So, cool. so far they've raised over $102,000, I believe. Um, so that's pretty awesome. In the beginning, it was him and Rob Liefeld's idea to do this. <laughs> and Rob Liefeld was also doing live sketches. But I was going through several articles about this, and I can't find a goddamn thing about Rob Liefeld just still doing it. So I'm wondering, like, how many sketches Rob Liefeld actually sold mm. and how much they actually sold for. Because I saw some of the first sketches he did, and they were not good. Well, he's... Poor Rob Life. (laughs) He's got his following, but his following is so phenomenally niche that, like... Uh And he's a... The dude's a punchline. Like, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But he's like... And he knows that. Like, I'm sure he laughs at himself, but he's also, like, really mad. Uh, and like, so if you win one of these sketches, you also get to pick the next, um, sketch. Like you get to pick what they draw. Oh, cool. So like, I almost like want to go on and see like how much Rob Liefeld is sketching, like sketching for, like what they're selling for and be like, 
I bid $100. And then like win. And then they're like, what do you want, Rob Liefeld, to sketch next? And be like, I want him to draw me the perfect foot. <laughs> like, <laughs> anatomically correct. <laughs> Just the foot. Just the foot. And- <laughs> It'd be so mean. <laughs> but it'd be so funny. And then the, the headline on CBR will be like, uh, local woman obsessed with feet yells at Rob Liefeld. <laughs> it'd be worth it. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, so that's the new. Yeah, let's play the game. Okay, cool. So, um, one of the greatest things ever is Batman the Animated Series. Uh-huh. Um, so what I did, I was reading about Batman the Animated Series, and there's, unlike nearly every other piece of adapted media, Batman the Animated Series invented so much that was later put into the comics. Right. So this is a game called Did Batman the Animated Series Invent It? So what I'm going to do is okay. I'm going to say... It's there's it starts off with just characters and then it comes into like not characters more like ideas or or or, or such, and I'm gonna say it to you I and you can say whether it originated in Batman the Animated Series or not. So it's 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 like true or false, but instead it's yes or no. Okay. Okay. Did Batman the Animated Series invent Harley Quinn? Yes. Yes, that's that's good. That was the first one. That was just to establish a baseline to like establish how this okay. works. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Did. Batman the Animated Series invent Renee Montoya. No. That is incorrect. They did Renee Montoya. Really? Yes, Renee Montoya first appeared in Batman the Animated Series. Oh, I thought yeah. Greg Rucka did that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, in uh Gotham Central? Yeah. No, cuz uh, it's it's possible that he saw her as in the show and then and, and then he's the one who decided she was gay. Yeah, I knew that, yeah. Because mm-hmm. um, in the comics, okay. they brought her into the comics before and she dated Two-Face. Or maybe that was in the show. Right. I don't remember. But yeah, Renee Montoya. Yeah, okay. Harvey Bullock. No. That is correct. Harvey Bullock was existed way, way before. Although, yeah. I think that he became, like, a major... It promoted him to, like, the number two most recognizable cop in Batman after Gordon. I would say. I agree with that. Yeah, for sure. All right, next up, Nora Freeze. Oh, man. No. Nora Freeze was invented for Batman the Animated Series. Ah, fuck! (laughs) Damn it. Mr. Freeze having anything going on besides I like to bake things cold, he had no character, nothing going on until uh, um, Bruce Dem and Paul Dini. I was very iffy on that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Next up, Maxi Zeus. Maxi Zeus. Hmm. Um. I'm gonna go. No. Correct. Maxi Zeus existed in the comics okay. before. He existed in the '70s, and I think yeah. he was also on the Adam West yeah. show. But that, I don't know. I think so, too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, next up. Dr. Leslie Tompkins. Dr. Leslie Tompkins. You know who that is, right? Mm, I'm trying to think. <laughs> mm. Yes? <laughs> Dr. Leslie Tompkins no. has been a character in the comics since the 70s. Who is Dr. Leslie Tompkins? She was a friend of the Waynes before they were killed um, and, like, consoled Bruce uh, and then, like, Uh sort of, like, helped raise him. She was, like, around in his life through, like, throughout, like, his adolescence and then later uh, has been an ally to Batman but doesn't know they're the same person. And then, depending on who you're reading, she's dated Alfred. Fuck, I did not know that. Okay. I could not remember who that was. Okay, Okay, go ahead. All right, next up. Lockup, the villain Lockup. That was created on uh, animated series. Correct. Yes. Yes. He yes. likes keys and locks. That's all I remember. Yes. 
Okay, and then those are all the characters. So these are the things that aren't characters. These are like ideas. Okay, the idea of Harvey Dent having a pre-existing dual personality before he becomes Two-Face. Oh, man. Um, I think that was created on the show. That is correct. Yes. Yeah. One of the writers was like, why would just an acid scar cause him to develop multiple personalities? And then the writers were like, that's a good point. So they had it like sort of bubbling as an undercurrent in his life. And then the accident like brings it all the way out. This is really hard because I watched this show when I was younger. And then I was also reading Batman comics when I was younger. And so I'm just mixed. I just probably mixed all of this up in my head. (laughs) The purpose of this game is to talk about how cool Batman the Animated Series was. Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's the best. Yeah, it's the great. (laughs) Okay, next up. Uh, The ventriloquist having a female dummy. Uh, That was on the show. It was not on the show. Yeah. No, it wasn't? It wasn't oh, on the show. He always had Baby Scarface. Doll? Baby Doll. It always had Scarface. Separate, separate character. Uh, okay. And she wasn't actually a doll. doll. She was just a 30-year-old woman who looked like a three-year-old. Oh, that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, and she hangs out with Croc, right? Yeah. That, I read up a bunch on Baby Doll. Baby Doll, I think that they, when they created Baby Doll, they were like, this is our next Harley Quinn. This is a winner. She's going to be huge. And then... The comics writers were like, we're good. We have enough. <laughs> but yeah, she oh, had, I loved her. <laughs> out, outside of, like, in terms of, like, mainstream DC, like, not animated comics, but, like, you know, the main, she's made one non-speaking appearance, and it was just holding hands with Killer Croc in a villain bar, and that's it. Aw, that yeah. sucks. I think she's a cool character. Yeah, they maybe could have done something with her. I don't know. Okay, next up. The Alliance of Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy. Ooh. That was definitely started in the show. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. It's an episode where they kidnap Bruce Wayne and they steal his credit cards and go on a shopping spree. It's amazing. Which which now (laughs) sounds kind of sexist, but like, I don't know, man. It's a fun episode. (laughs) That's what I would do. Yeah. And that was like, I guess the, the writers were like, what if we had, no one had ever thought to have them team up before. And now they've had their own series. They're like, yeah, they're. Yeah. Joined and the they're hit, lesbians so. together sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. Again, depending on who you read. <laughs> yeah. Okay, next up. The Alliance of Count Vertigo and Ra's al Ghul. Uh, wasn't Count Vertigo created on the show? So I'm going to say the show. Uh, that is correct, but not why you think. Uh, Count Vertigo oh, okay. was a Green Lantern villain. Um, in the oh, comics, going, okay. back, going way, way back. And then the show brought him in and established him as like the second in command of the League of Assassins in the show called the League of Shadows. Uh, but okay. that's not a thing at all in the comics. He's never interacted with Ra's al Ghul in the comics at all. They just decided, I don't know, let's take this existing right. character and put him in here. Finally. Yeah, they just made, they just made him different on the show, right? Yeah. Same with, same with yeah. Clock King. Clock King is like a total goof loser in the comics, but the cartoon made him like kind of they they put him in like plain clothes and made him like cool and sinister. That's right. right. <laughs> Finally, okay. The alliance of the Joker and the Penguin. Did you say the Penguin? Yeah. Uh, no, they teamed up in the comics. That's correct. Yeah, that was yeah. Uh, I, they have teamed up in the show, but no, they've te- been teaming up since yeah. the 60s. So yes, that was yeah. a, yeah. that was a overthink, throw you off question. Damn it. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> right. not, how'd you do? One, two, three, four, five, eight out of, eight out of 12. Very nice. Yeah. Yeah, I did better in the second round. <laughs> That's true, yes. Yeah, yeah. you didn't know Leslie Tompkins. Tompkins is a deep cut, obviously. Goddamn to Leslie Tompkins, yeah. yeah. I think she's dead, or maybe she was dead, I don't know. All right. They're always dead. Yeah. Every, come everyone, back to life. Everyone in comics has at some point died and come back to life. I can't think of anyone who, who that hasn't applied to. Mm-mm. Tim Tim Drake. Tim Drake's died. 
right? Yeah. Tim Drake. Yeah. yeah, I think so. Yeah. Well, yeah. then you have then you have stuff like uh, Flashpoint New Fifty Two, and then coming back out of the New Fifty Two into like so like people who didn't exist now exist again. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> well, this is fun. This is weird. But I think this is weird and fun. Yeah, we'll get it. Yeah, <laughs> we're doing it. I mean, Katie Keene's gonna come on soon. We'll have to watch that. Oh yeah, we gotta make fun of that. Rip apart. That. Oh yeah, totally. And then, oh, there's a new Superman show I heard too. Uh, Lois and Superman instead of Lois and Clark. I don't know why they're doing that, but it's a thing that's happening. I feel like I'm gonna have to watch that trash and make fun of it. I guess why Lois yeah. and Superman. I don't know. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> All right. Well, we did it. We recorded we it. this. It's... Yay. Thanks for listening, everybody. Happy... Thank you. Happy stay at home. You can, oh, find, a, uh, you can okay. find me on Twitter at Jacob S. Rubin. Uh, you can find me on all things social media at Jessa Baldoni. That's my, that's, that's what I'm going by now, right? I think so. That's uh, right. I, I mean, you're not my sister <laughs> anymore? No, no. I changed it. Okay. So it'd be all things would be the same. Nice. Yeah. And also, if you go yeah. to uh, Jacob S. Rubin, uh, Facebook.com slash Jacob S. Rubin, I do trivia games, live trivia games every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And I plan on doing that until the, the uh, stay at home is lifted and we can go out and do things again. Uh, so if you want to play trivia. They're super fun. Yeah, they are really fun. I did Batman last week. This week I'm doing, I mean, depend, I don't know when this is going to go up. But yeah, uh, tune in and play those. We're doing Star Wars tonight. Oh, wait. Yeah. yeah this is this, well, this we're going to try to get this up soon. Yeah. Yeah. But, but Star still, Wars definitely happening tonight. I'm going to kick ass at Star Wars. That was going to be fun. <laughs> Hell yeah. All right. Uh, that's it. Thanks we're for gonna, listening. We're going to sign off I'm now. Jacob Rubin. Thanks for listening. I'm Jessica, Jessica Falboni. <laughs> we'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye.